There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams, and themselves to add more value. And so can you. Welcome to the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you are looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. Welcome to the Business Elevation Show on Voice America. And today I'm going to be talking about the seven keys to accelerate your executive speaking skills with my great guest today, Steve Trister. Uh, Firstly, I want to say um, a huge thank you to my guest last week. Uh, If you didn't catch the show, I had a publisher, publishing agent, um, serial writer, she's written 32 books, and platform building expert, Wendy Keller. Um, I thought uh, Wendy was a fascinating guest. She has a hugely inspirational personal story, a real triumph over adversity uh, story, um, but also has gone on to have tremendous uh, success and help um, thousands of of writers and people around the world to um, have their books published and also to build really great platforms. So if you want to build a platform for yourself, uh, then do listen to that interview. One of the most famous leaders uh, over here in the United Kingdom in our history uh, is Winston Churchill. And Winston Churchill, um, I read, once said that of of all the talents bestowed upon men, none is so precious the gift of oratory. He who enjoys it wields the power more durable than that of a great king. Um, So he's talking there about speaking, and uh, he said that his his number one priority in his career was to become a better and better speaker, because then he could um, you know have great power over others. And I think this is a really really important point. You know, as an executive, um, I would ask the question: Are you really making the most of your speaking skills? Because it's often something that um, organisations don't teach. Um, We just uh, learn it as we we move along. Now, my guest, Steve Trister, today, he's been a public speaking and communication skills coach since 2007, and he's uh, formerly um, a professional comedy actor, uh, and he's taken his uh, skills uh, and transferred them into the, uh, the business world. So he's taken all those techniques from stage and screen and uh, turned them into tangible methods for business professionals so that they can become more memorable, more influential, more engaging every time they speak. Now, since 2007, he's worked with some really, really big um, companies and leaders, companies like Cisco Systems, BT, Vodafone, um, Delatra, all sorts of uh, organizations. So let's talk today with Steve about the essential skills that really help senior executives to uh, quickly accelerate the quality of their speaking and communication skills. So a huge welcome today uh, to my guest, um, Steve Trister. Hello, Chris. Thank you so much for inviting me on the show. I really appreciate it. Hey, absolutely welcome, Steve. And it's great to have you on the show because I think we first met four or five years ago, didn't we? Been a Was while. It, yeah, it has been a while. And we, I feel like until you invited me on the show and we've chatted, we haven't properly connected up until now. We haven't, but you've always been in the back of my mind. I think I was, I think I was speaking that day. So um, it, it, yeah, it was interesting experience for me um so uh to to have you on the show again because i think we sat on the same table i seem to remember and while i sat there very nervously with my little headset on waiting to go on the on stage (laughs) (laughs) um so um 
Yeah, really good to have you on today and to talk about a subject that I think is just absolutely vital for people. But before we get into the subject, it's always good to find out a bit about you, Steve. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about maybe what life was like growing up for you and you know where you, where you live and how you ended up uh, into comedy and acting. Sure. Yeah, so I was born and bred in East London, grew up on the border of East London and Essex and madly into to football or soccer if you're living over in the states and <laughs> north america and i throughout my my school life i was you know i was fairly quiet and just did did my thing i was a, i was a good boy and just just got on with stuff and it, it wasn't really until i went to what we call higher education in the uk where from 16 to 18 where i i dived into to both art and drama and I did what we what we call A-levels over here and did really well in both of them. But because I'd done art my entire life, I was like, I had, I had this dream to go to a, what what at the time, I don't know if it still is, was known as, a, as a, one of the top art schools in Europe, Central St. Martin. So, uh, you know, I worked my behind off to, to get decent grades in my art and create a portfolio. And then I ended up getting in there and I did a foundation year at Central St. Martin's for a year. And yeah, it, was, it was a phenomenal time. But in the, from that period, like 16 to to 20 I really came out my shell and when I went to, after doing the drama at A level I I always had this thing bubbling as that I wanted to perform or be a performer and when I went to art school I really loved the art and I could express myself but th- there was this vibe that I needed to 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 perform as well I still wanted to do the, the art so there was this conundrum so I ended up wanting to move out of London and I started a fine art degree in sculpture at Norwich Art School and then after four months, ah, the bug to perform overtook my, my desire for creativity and, and the art. So I quit that. I quit the degree and then auditioned for drama school and did a, a three-year BA in acting. Yeah. And, and, and what does that lead you on to? Well, that, yeah. well, in my second year at drama school, there was a, a director called Uri Rudner, an Israeli guy. And he, this guy is a comedy genius. And it was one project that I fell in love with where we created our own our own piece of theatre. And I, I absolutely loved devising and writing. And, and it was then my love for comedy really sort of fell into place. And as soon as I left drama school, my, me and my buddy at the time, Martin Brody, we co-wrote and co-devised a two-man comedy show called Bubba Ganoush and Bagels. And we left there and we, we didn't want to be these out-of-work actors. So we slogged our guts out for six to seven weeks creating the show. And for our professional debut, we went up to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival with... I don't know what the time was, 2,200 other shows. Yeah, a, re- a really crappy time slot. And so we did that. And our, our professional debut uh, the, in the audience were, were two people. There was our director, who was half asleep, and a reviewer from the biggest newspaper up there, The Scotsman. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, uh, it was a baptism of fire for sure. And then, and then you know, o- over the years, I did uh, a lot of my th- my training was mainly theatre-based, so I, I did a lot of live theatre to Shakespeare around Austria and a bit of Prague and that kind of stuff. I did to, to some stuff around the UK as well. I did some some film stuff, no TV stuff, and but comedy has always been a, a big love of mine. And yeah, and then then I fell into the the public speaking and communication coaching. 
Listen, and you've ended up, you, you live in the birthplace of my father uh, in Beverly, I think, in North Lincolnshire now. Uh, uh, North Lincolnshire, yeah. It's very what? different to East London. Not a huge fan of London anymore. It's okay to go there for a day or two, but the, the, the life in East Yorkshire, in Beverly, where my wife is actually from, is, is much more tranquil. And <laughs> it's cleaner, and people actually smile at you and say hello, which is always a nice thing. And yeah, yeah I much prefer it up here. Yes, it's very, um, very calm um, part of the world, isn't it? The last time I went there, we walked around some fields and I saw the farm that my father was brought up in, which... Uh, oh, you did? Wow. It was quite cool, actually. Um, so, so, um, let's, um, how, so you, you did all of that. How did that then lead to you know, this professional speaking and coaching for executives? And why did you see a need for it? Well, I had bought into the belief that I had to do crappy jobs in between acting work. And that led me to doing telesales for this thing, telesales for that, some other stuff. And I was working, I was working for a company selling advertising space. It was a CD that goes on the front of a wedding magazine and I was selling advertising space on this bloody thing. And it was just, and no one ever really looked at the CD, but you know, you had to come up with a spiel. This is the best. Lots of people were, and you know, it was lies. So I, I felt out of integrity as it was, but you know what, this belief system and mindset that I had to keep doing this. And it was for 250 quid a week, every day slogging your guts out. And it came to one point where I wanted to make commission and I could have made my salary plus double that as well on the commission. And I came in on a Saturday morning and I rocked up. The boss said he would be in and I waited for, I think two hours outside the office, did my best to call him. And you know what? It was that it was literally soul destroying. I wanted to cry. And it was at that moment I said, you know what? There has to be something I can do using my skills as an actor and because of my love of people, after I made that decision, I just, I fell into this business network called the Academy. It's kind of online and offline networking. And I joined the Blackstone because of my love of people. I just went, they said, well, why are you here? What, what business are you in? I said, I don't have a business. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm an actor. I didn't really sit. Well, at the time I, I didn't, I didn't see myself as a business and I'm, I may have had more success with that if I'd have actually, you know, consider myself as a business, not, not just me as a human being, as an actor. But what, what happened was it was very clear and very apparent after going to the networking events that they set up, you know, I was talking to people and losing the will to live. And it was very clear that many business professionals, whether they working for themselves or for other companies, they 99.99% of them had absolutely no clue whatsoever how to engage an audience. And I was like, oh, hold on a minute. I wonder if the skills I use as an actor, and I've always been fascinated by directing and human behavior and people and psychology and that kind of stuff. I thought, I wonder if there's a way that I can use my skills as an actor and help business professionals become more engaging, influential, and memorable when they spoke. So what I did is a couple of acquaintances and friends, I said, look, I'm thinking about doing this. Would that be useful to you? And they said, yeah, of course it would. I said, well, let me, let me give you a session on, on me and I'd love some feedback. And the sessions went amazingly well and we saw a massive jump in their skill set. And I was like, oh, my days, I think this could be a business for me. And, <laughs> and that's when it was, that's when it was, it was literally, it happened very organically. And that's, that's how it was born. That's how the coaching and the training was born. Brilliant. And, and, and executives today, they... They often get little or no training. 
Why, why do you think this is, and what do you think the consequences are of them not getting support to really build their uh, engaging uh, skills when it comes to standing in front of an audience? Those are really good questions. Let's start with the, the education system across the globe. I don't feel education in, in many mainstream schools, in many countries, actually share these skills with children and young adults because it, a lot of it's focused on getting the grades, hitting the numbers, and, and people skills and personal development skills. It, it, when I was at school, they, they didn't care. We weren't taught that. And actually, for me, that's what we need when we leave school. Because you've got to go and go for an interview, you've got to speak to people, you've got to speak to the public or wherever you are. You've got to be able to communicate and it's not part of the system. And for me, that is a massive problem because what then happens is then we go into university and you're asked to talk and present or whatever you do. Some people, Many people go straight into jobs and it's not in people's psyche. It's, it's not part of the culture. So why would that continue into business? And that's there's this there's this massive massive problem across whole, the whole of global plc that it doesn't feel that important it doesn't feel that important and yet when you speak to people and you say are communication skills important you know when you speak they go yeah of course they are but it's like this this weird thing that's in deep in people's psyche that actually but we don't need to do anything about it and that's where I feel that's where I feel it stems from. And, you know, a lot of times you've got execs in companies and they're focused on the numbers. They're focused on uh, like business strategy and marketing and this, this, that and the other. And having spoken to people, it, it feels like and I've heard it that it's, you know, it's, it's a bit of a soft skill. It's, you know, in times gone by, it just hasn't been that important. But nowadays, I feel like over the last, especially over the last two, three, four, five years, the human element of of executives and even companies, you can't. People want people want that human connection more than ever. You don't. You can't really have a faceless company anymore. And you see that with many brands nowadays as well. That there is there is a face of the company there is the ceo there is the top senior execs there as well and so now it's be, it's be, for me it's becoming more important because of people's de- desire a deeper desire to want to connect as well and you can't connect with something faceless and so yeah so so, so that, that's one reason and some you know some execs don't believe they don't have time to up their speaking skills. Some execs don't believe it's important. Some of them feel that their, you know, that their skills are, are good enough. And yet they have they don't even know how they come across when they speak. Many have never many have never even considered it because they've got to where they've got and that's okay and they're happy with that. And some people don't some people genuinely don't want to grow or they're too scared to grow because of what might be uncovered. Oh, they don't want to challenge, they want an easy life. But there there are many out there who really value personal development and and those are the ones those are the ones that I love working with because they're willing they're willing to feel a bit uncomfortable and, and go there and so that that's why I think a lot of a lot of senior execs don't I, I think it's, it's a real cultural issue across the whole world of business and did, did you also ask me what was the other question um I, th- I think I was asking you um, what the you know the consequences of them not being oh, able. Oh, to- oh my! <laughs> <laughs> the consequences. <laughs> of, just 
people are left feeling numb. People are left feeling nothing. People are left going, uh. people don't feel inspired. They don't feel motivated. They don't connect with you. They feel completely distant. You know, you bore them. You just, you you feel, uh, you end up, because of that, there's no response. There's There's no feedback. You know, you lose time. You potentially lose money. You lose... Uh, efficiency you you lose self-esteem you lose confidence the, the the list goes on and on and on and you lose connect you can lose connection to yourself because when the comfort for me the confidence and the self-esteem are the biggest ones because if you aren't confident then you, there's not many things you want to do and if and also if you if you're not aware if you're not aware of how you come across then you can't you can't change the things that aren't working and most people have been communicating how they have been execs for 20, 25, 30 years. And they've, they've never even watched themselves back again because they don't want to. And it ain't about them. It's not about them. It's about their audience and their people. And some of them have very big egos. And that stops them from wanting to shine a light on truth. And when you get a camera and you film it, it only has truth. It doesn't have an opinion. I think you're right. It's absolutely about getting to the truth. And I, sp I speak to a lot of uh, business executives and, you know, the last few weeks I've spoken to um, a number who, you know, some of their challenges are things like, you know, being able to really engage with the board when they have to go and present and uh, you're not quite getting near the outcome that they want to or um, having difficult pitches that they're, you know, in involved in and, and engaging at, at that level uh, in a pitch and winning the business because they're under pressure. Um, the sorts of skills that you're talking about, um, you know, have a, have a profound impact on uh, enabling, you know, greater level of success in those situations. And before we um, we go into commercial break, we've got, uh, oh, actually, we're probably just about going to render into the break. Very quickly, you know, what are the key areas that people need to consider? We've got about a minute for this question, Steve. The key areas that people need to consider. Yeah. Well, the, I've, I've got s seven. There's mindset is extremely important as a starting point. Then you've got emotional connection and something called honor in the words. There's gestures. There's actually self-assessment. You've got storytelling. You've got audience response because they are the most important element. And then the seven, there's many more. It could be the voice as well. And it's, but again, most people, they have no clue about this stuff and it's not their fault. That's why it's important that we do stuff like this to, to awaken them. Absolutely. Well, let's let's awaken them, um, but also let's uh, go into detail around um, those different key components, so we can all, you know, become aware of what really is important uh, when it comes to um, you know engaging and developing your speaking skills in the workplace. We'll be back again with you again in just a couple of minutes. So do join us. business you'll find the experts here voice america business network would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential chris cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the achiever program one-to-one -one mentoring and coaching facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. 
We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. tuned into the business elevation show with your host chris cooper if you have a question or comment about our show please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk that's chris at chriscooper.co.uk now back to chris cooper hi this is chris cooper with steve trister uh, we're talking about executive speaking skills. And uh, before the break, um, Steve, uh, quickly top line some key areas that people need to consider. And so let's really get into that detail now. So, Steve, uh, I wonder if you could maybe um, talk about the first one. Tell us about mindset. You know, how, how does your mindset need to be? What do you need to do to be in that right frame of mind to enable you to uh, articulate and communicate and speak well? There is There are two ways... It is, from my experience, there is the ego where people get stuck in that, where it becomes all about them, not necessarily because they've, they've, <laughs> they love themselves, but because of this kind of self-sabotaging behavior where they're like, oh, no, I sound like an idiot, or I don't know what I'm doing, or I'm not worthy to stand up here, no one's going to listen to me, or, or they're blagging it, or, or whatever that is. And, and it can be very, very destructive. I mean, we've all been there when our mindset's slightly off, but what the problem and what that does is when you're so caught up with that self-talk or the negative self-talk, it completely and utterly takes you out of the present moment. And when it takes you out the present moment and into your mind, there is an immediate and very quick disconnect between you and your audience. Now, I'm talking whether that's one or whether that's one million people. So getting caught up in that. And do you know what? A lot of people, a lot of people are super scared of speaking in public or even communicating or even standing up in front of a few people. So immediately there's a disconnect as well. So that's that's when they're in the ego. And I say move from the ego and go to the we go. Now, the we go is a much more fun place to be. Because if you break it down, we, we go, we go, we go together. There is like a dance and, and a conversation and a connection that can take place when you actually allow yourself to take all of the pressure off of you. And focus on a genuine connection with the audience. Now, and in the we go, you go, all of a sudden, it's like everything becomes clean. You, and you realize that there's an audience there. And so many people are so scared about that. And yet the audience, and you, you've been in an audience, I've been in an audience, and you're listening to this right now, you've been in an audience too. 
you want the person to do well. You don't want them not to succeed unless there's some weird thing going on with a promotion at work or something. I don't know. But it's look, we want that person to do well talking. There is lots of support there. There's lots of good vibes. But yet in the ego, you don't get that because they're But the we go, there is it allows you to take all of the pressure off of you and focus on actually being in the moment. And most people, when they are communicating, especially execs, they're they're not really in the moment they're focused on just this they've got this and this is what this is what i discovered at these networking events and even just talking to senior execs is that they're just doing this thing where the content is coming out it's just coming out and coming out and blah 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 and that is vomiticus content in autumn puking content and it's very easy to do that in the ego because they're not even focused on the audience. They're just focused on getting the message out there. It's the puking content. Whereas in the we go, you actually you realize that there are human beings in front of you or around you. And actually, they feel stuff. And you go, oh, yes, you, you, are, you are the most important element. And in the, in, the, in the we go, the audience is the most important element. Your teams, your senior teams are the most important element. Their people are then important too. But the team, the audience is the most important element. Because if you were just talking to no one and you were consistently doing that, you'd get taken away by the men in white coats very quickly. So it's about changing the mindset that you are not important here. I'm sorry to say it, you're not. These tools are always for your audience. There is an app, there's a byproduct that the more you focus on the we go, the more fun it's going to be, the deeper the connection is going to be. That's just a byproduct. But ultimately, it's not about you. And so many people get caught in that mindset that it's about them unintentionally. But the we go is where the magic happens. Take all the pressure off yourself and focus on the we go. I think so, Matt. A great piece of advice there, but also quite a you know, quite a habit change for people as well, isn't it? You know, to- talking about uh, as an executive talking about you know this is what our department does, this is what we achieved, um, this is how we're going to help, kind of thing. But that's not that's not necessarily being in the we go, is it? It's not necessarily understanding what people in that audience want and, and having that emotional connection with them, which I think is the second point. Um, yeah, yeah. The the emotional connection is critical, and actually, I say to Mark, I don't care what you say. I care how you say it and also how you feel it because we've all seen, yeah, you and I have seen it and, and you know, you, you're listening to the strike. You've seen it too. And you've been part of it. When you get an exec that stands up and there is, there's no feeling there's, there's nothing, you know, they, they, they're doing the vomiticus content and they're just puking content. It doesn't matter who they are, what job title, what experience they've got, whether they're a billionaire, whether they're a king, if they don't deliver it in a way where they actually feel it, then you don't feel it. And the and 99.99% of execs out there, they don't feel what they're saying. They just do what they've always done. And that absolutely destroys their audience. It destroys their people. Even you, you can lose respect for, for someone who's at a certain level. But when they open their mouth and they deliver a speech or a presentation, there's, there's like literally nothing that you feel numb. Now, a lot of the work that I do with execs is about giving them, giving them permission to actually feel what they're saying. And in the UK and even in the States as well, and also in Europe, there's, there's this thing about being a bit, bit reserved. And in, in the US, they're not as reserved. But over in the UK, where I've worked with a lot of people, they're, they're, for whatever reason, they're in business mode and they don't feel stuff or they don't give themselves permission. For me, it's about 
cracking them open <laughs> and giving them permission. And then they give themselves permission to actually feel what they're saying. And I'd say to you this, if you allow yourself to feel every word and let, let the emotion rise, let that passion connect more than you more than you normally do, you will potentially feel more alive sharing your message than ever before. And the great thing about that is your audience, your teams will feel, your people will feel more alive than they ever do, have, have done before receiving your message. And it's time to feel what you say, not just say it. It's, and then there's the deeper level to that is honoring the words. And this, this is, if this is the only thing you take away from listening to this interview, implement this if you can. So, Chris, if I said to you, I'm really excited to be here on this radio show. I don't believe you, Steve. <laughs> or <laughs> if I said to you, I am really excited to be here on this radio show with you. Uh, that's uh, much more believable and yeah. Uh, yeah yeah and and why is it more believable um it, it, besides a little laugh in the middle um I, I, it was um it's more believable because it's just more much more engaging steve it's more engaging but what i t what i did is i gave myself permission to authentically feel that excitement when i said the word excitement it's, it, consciously or unconsciously the audience going to go some people go no, no, you're not. Or they'll go, uh, I don't really believe it. Or whatever it is. And the, what's really important with this is honoring the words, is saying, having the right weight, the right pace, the right tone, the right energy for the word you're saying. Because you could, you could be genuinely talk about being depressed. And you're not going to go, oh, yeah, I'm really depressed. You know, I'm, I'm so depressed right now now as an exec you're not going to say that that's the word that came to my mind straight away <laughs> but it's you but feel the word taste the words live the words that you say in the moment and i guarantee your audience will react to you very differently than what you did before because they have to because they're human they're human beings they're human feelings we we are meant to feel emotion we are not meant to feel numbed out so with so feel what you're saying, but honor those words that you say that every single time that comes out of your mouth. And yes, it takes energy. Yes, it takes commitment. Yes, after a talk or a presentation, you should be absolutely knackered. And you know what? It's not about you. It's about your audience, and they are the most important element. Yes, yeah, so it's in terms of the in terms of that. Then, uh, Steve, in in uh, getting into the right kind of mindset, uh, then what you have to do is spend some time beforehand making sure that you have shifted your level of, uh, of enthusiasm and passion for the, for the, the language and the words uh, and moved yourself into a very engaged place, I guess, to be able to uh, come from that, that point. Yes, you, you, you need to connect in with yourself. And most senior execs are disconnected from who they are. They are doing their job role or their job title. It's fully about allowing your personality and who you are as a human being to come through. Connecting back into, it sounds a bit woo-woo, connecting back into your heart and let your heart do the speaking as well. And I get that sometimes you're talking about facts and figures, but that has to be that underlying level of internal energy that, that, that drives you every day of the importance. And, you know, if you're not going to connect with that, if you're not going to connect emotionally with what you're saying, it's not about being crazy big all the time. But if you're not going to feel what you're saying, don't say it. Don't do your audience or your team a disservice of that. 
feel it is so important. Yeah, and I guess if you don't believe it, and you but you say it, people people see that incongruence in you. Yes, absolutely. And you know, sometimes all it takes is to up your energy by fifty percent, maybe, and all of a sudden you conjure that energy within you. You start to feel more alive, and they'll yeah. feel that. Yeah, brilliant. Well, yeah, yeah. I, one of my a, a keynotes that I speak about, Steve, uh, is engagement starts with you. And I think um, you know what you're saying here is that uh, you know there is this. It, it does start with you, and it's about getting yourself into the right kind of frame of mind, building your energy up. Uh, and and I love that idea of you know we go getting the energy um, up and, and coming from a, a place where it's about we. It's not about you and your your personal ego. Uh, and I think it's very easy to um, to slip into that. Um, so I, I think it does need something to ensure you're, you're, you're triggering this um, this more we um, sort of approach. I know that gestures are important as well, Steve. And, uh, you know, I think um, I, I think how people move or, or don't move. I, I see speakers. I see a lot of speakers. And I see some of them moving all over on the stage uh, when they're talking to people. And the, you know, the hand gestures and things can be very distracting. Yes, um, I, I was recently um, on a, a sort of a judging panel at a, a feedback panel at a, a speaking event. Um, one of the speakers um, I had to have a little chat with because she got very high heels and she was struggling with the carpet and she was swaying on them. Uh, and as a consequence, <laughs> you know, it was easy to look at her feet and her very nice uh, high heel shoes, but lose the message yeah. that, was, uh, that was occurring. Um, you know, how important are gestures and what do you recommend people do with them? A lot of people, they don't, they're not aware that they're doing the thing that's not supporting their message. And again, so next time you do a speaking gig or a presentation, get a camera, film yourself and watch it back. That's, that's so important. Then you'll see. You'll get truth there. But some people say, I don't like looking at myself on camera. It ain't about you. It's about your audience. So just get the bloody camera out and film yourself and uh-huh. see what is. Just see what is. The thing with gestures is most people do the same most execs they do the same same gestures over and over again and they're not even aware so what it does it completely diminishes their message and when an audience is watching us they are constantly taking pictures consciously subconsciously they're making decisions assumptions and all that kind of stuff as well most people all they need to do execs all you need to do is ask this are my gestures supporting my message are my gestures supporting my message and if you say well i don't know you get some feedback or just get a camera, film yourself and watch it back. Now, if you're talking about something being a global company or something really big happening, you don't want to do a gesture where, where it looks like you're talking about something tiny. You want to emphasize the fact that this is large. So your hands come out and come out wider, potentially, as, as one simple example. But the thing is, most of us are, have the, the gift of sight. I don't know. You might be, there might be some blind people in, in the organization. I don't know. But most people can actually see you. So what you're doing with your hands and your body language is super important. And that overtakes actually what you're saying. So you need to actually use gestures that support your message. And the quickest way to do that is to film yourself and watch it back. But most execs will go, I don't have time. It's not important. Well, it is when you realize that the habits that you're probably doing aren't supporting you with with the impact that really needs to take place. And do you think, Steve, it's an interesting point, Matt, you say, I don't have time. Do you think it's about time or is it about fear of actually watching yourself because you don't always come across how you might anticipate? I I don't like watching myself. I don't particularly like listening back and hearing myself. Um, You know, is is it a fear thing? Yeah, there's a number of things. Fear, time, ego, 
it just it just depends. Again, I have to, I always emphasize this. It's not about you. It's about your audience. And for a lot of execs, that's a revelation because then they go, oh yeah, actually. This is about my team and my, my audience and my clients and my customers and, and whoever it is. And then they go, yes, I just need people just need it to get out of their own way because it's not about you. It's about your audience. And I will keep saying that over and over again <laughs> until people actually <laughs> listen because it really is as simple as that. It's a, it's a mindset switch that allows people to take all the pressure off themselves. Yeah. So, so is the best way to self-assess your speaking? Is that to do it on camera or the other way that you can self-assess? Yes, there's, of course, I, that, that that came in because it's, it's such a quick way to look at the gesture. But get a camera, film yourself and watch it back. And most senior execs have never, ever done that. Maybe some if they've been on a public speaking and communication skills course, but even then there's no guarantee that they've actually been filmed and watched themselves back. There is nothing more powerful than filming a senior executive, pressing play, and sitting back and then watching their reaction. Yeah. Because <laughs> they, they can't, it's not like they can argue with someone's opinion about them because it's, it's just showing truth. It's just filming what is. And that's the beauty of it. You can't argue with it. And then I can go, what do you think of that? They go, well, that's horrendous. I'm really boring. Or I didn't think I came across like that. I said, well, you do. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's, sometimes it needs that jolt. And that kind of realization that actually, uh, I need to work on this. <laughs> That's the beauty of filming yourself. Yes, and it gives you that. It is. I, I've, I've um, it, one thing I've done with people before when I, I've coached them around speaking is film them. But if they don't necessarily get the get the point, I remember having one um, executive who he he moved around an awful lot, and I was saying if he could stand still and make a point with real purpose and conviction standing still it'd be more powerful than in moving and he, and he said he sort of brushed it kept brushing it off and saying but my style is to just to move around so I, I i googled on the internet i said let's have a look at you know how some of the top speakers in the in the world do this and i i jumped mm -hmm. my previous guest i'd have on the show patricia fripp um, oh well wow. <laughs> I, I pulled a couple of her her videos up and um and, and suddenly when he saw her deliver a point with real you know poignance and and standing there um, still, uh, but really engaged with the audience. He just suddenly mm. said, "Chris, I completely get it now." Yeah. Uh, so I found Absolutely. that a helpful way to place somebody back to him who does it really, really well. Yeah, that that is a, that's also a great way. And um, and he's just focused on him. That's my style. Well, actually, the audience don't want to receive that. They can't receive that. It doesn't work for them. And again, that's someone caught in the ego. Yeah. Yeah. Like it. Great. We're going to go to commercial break again now. After the break, we're going to talk about a bit about storytelling, a bit about dealing with audience responses. Uh, maybe if we have the time uh, in a tip or two on how to uh, work with your voice. Uh, I apologize for mine slightly today. I'm full of cold, uh, doing my best. Um, but I look forward to speaking to you again in just a couple of minutes. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. 
Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. tuned into the business elevation show with your host chris cooper if you have a question or comment about our show please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk that's chris at chriscooper.co.uk now back to chris cooper Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Steve Trister. We're talking about uh, about executive speaking skills and uh, Steve uh, we t- mentioned, I mentioned sort of briefly before the break, you know, the first thing we're going to talk about now is storytelling. And storytelling is, is really important, uh, isn't it? What are your recommendations for people to be able to do it well? Well, first what? of all, yeah, well, first of all, they have to actually start telling stories or anecdotes or share parts of experiences that they've had. Because a lot of times there's facts and figures and this and that, just like boring, bland things. And you have to remember that your your team or your audience is human. <laughs> and, you know, when we're kids, we love hearing stories. They're super engaging. And when we're teenagers, we love hearing that. But for some reason, when we get to slightly older, uh, the stories go out the window. It's just right. Let's talk business. Let's talk this. And actually... When you realize how powerful stories can be and it's that emotional connection that that draws your team in or your audience in and takes them on the journey, that's when that's that connection and they start to feel. And stories are a great way to to illustrate a point. And to do them well, it's so okay, as as a standard, 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 standard. This is so you've got to feel it. You go go back to the emotional connection and the honor in the words. That is standard. But when, when you are delivering that story, it's really important to create the world. Create the world. Where are you? What time of day it is? How do, how do you feel? What's the light like? Where are you standing? You know, where are you in the world? The, the more details you can share with your audience, the better, because it will help. It will help you and me, Chris. It will help anyone's audience to actually go there and be in the story with that person. If you're just, if you're just saying it, then, you know, we were like, oh, yeah, that's nice. But not only just create the world, actually be there and live the story. Like, 
And I'm, yes, this is what I'm about to say is act it out a little bit. You look at stand-up comedians or, or really engaging charismatic speakers, use the space to, to kind of live it out a little bit, even if it's just with gestures. And a lot of people are uncomfortable with that. And yet that's what the audience really wants. So actually create the world and live the story. Then it's about being in the moment. So a lot of people and execs, when, when they speak, they're not very present. They're thinking about what am I got to do later on? I've got this important meeting. What am I going to have for dinner? What am I going to do at the weekend? What, what about this deal? That takes them out of the present moment. It's about being in the moment. It's, it's as much as you can, be there and connect with the audience. Taste every word. Relive every moment when you're there. So if you, if you don't do that, then your audience is, they're not going to connect at a level that they truly can do. That can affect change very, very quickly. So it's li- create the world and live it. Be in the moment. And <laughs> the last one, and this is this is another tip from a comedy point of view, and sometimes it's not comedy, sometimes it's just going slightly, is, is become the characters. And this is, m- most execs won't go there. The ones that I've worked with that have done, the results and the response from the audience have been absolutely phenomenal. For example, if you're talking about, yes, I was speaking to a customer and they were like super excited about this product launch and some they'll go, yes, I spoke, you know, I spoke to this customer and they were super excited about the product launch and they said X, Y, Z. But the ones that actually do the voices and relive the character and tr- do their best to do a different accent, it, it just, it just lightens the moment it makes it real it becomes funnier and that is just a very simple way to tell stories better than you would do normally create the world and live it right out in front of you in your space be in the moment and then become the characters excellent is uh, should you be mindful about how long a story is sure yeah of course you don't want to keep going on too long i don't know maybe keep it five to ten minutes long and sometimes stories can be longer than that. As long as you're doing all the things that I've said previously, then you're going to keep your audience engaged. But keep them in five to ten minute slots. Nice bite-sized chunks if you're doing a longer presentation or a longer talk. Yeah, okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think it's a really interesting point. I remember being at one event where a it was a, a, a training event that we were doing, and one of the my team at the time started telling a story about when she'd run a half marathon. I could see it kind of... Uh, it, it kind of was a very interesting the reaction because I think there was quite a few people in there thinking, well, I've already done a marathon, so why is a half marathon so significant? Um, but also, I think um, it's going back a few years ago now. But there was a sort of it was a bit too long. Um, and I just wondered if she got to the point, you know, quicker, made it engaging, yeah. but you know, not laboured it. It would have had a bit more impact. Mm. Uh, I don't know about you, Steve. I, I sort of recommend to people uh, that they. You know, go through their life sometimes, maybe when they're sitting in the car and uh, having a drive along and try and fill in some of the years and have a think about moments that were kind of funny or poignant in their lives and write them mm. down. And it could really help them start to sort of build their stories and then maybe test them with friends over dinner to see people laugh. So there's maybe, you know, some humor in there as well to keep people engaged. Do you, do you have any thoughts around that? I think, I think that's a lovely idea. Well, I don't think, I know that's a lovely idea because actually taking time to to review your life as that's just a good thing to do anyway. And actually those stories, the, the ones that really resonate with you, there's a very good chance they will resonate with other people. As long as they're not self-indulgent. If, if, if you've got a story 
whether it's funny, sad or inspirational, where you've learned something that you know is transferable to your team or your people, then share that story. And is it going to work? Is it not going to All you can do is, is give it a go. Get some feedback before from people who aren't going to give you who are going to give you no BS because a lot of senior execs, you know, they've got a lot of yes people around them. <laughs> you might have lots of yes people around you. And it's so actually get some feedback. But yeah, do that. It's, it's a really lovely thing to do. How do you best deal with um, an audience uh, who, uh, you know, maybe somebody, somebody stands up and puts their hand up and challenges you on the spot? How do you deal with that kind of response? Well, let them challenge you. Bring it on. And then don't take it personally. You just, it, it, of course, it depends what they say. <laughs> it depends what they say. And just, I, I always welcome interaction, but I would always set up a, a talk or a workshop or a presentation, whatever it is, by interacting with an audience. Start that from the off because then they know that you care about them and recognize them as human. And they want some level of interaction, even if it's, even it's a, if it's a rhetorical question, because a lot of people just talk, talk, talk at the audience. You know, it could be just raise of hands. How many people here? Whatever. It could be, you know, when was the last time you did X? Where, so even if they go into their own mind, but too many presentations and talks and, uh, you know, AGMs or whatever, whatever the meetings they are in the business world are just dry and boring because people are talking at them. So just ask for a show of hands, you know, get them to interact with each other. It's, but realize ultimately that they are humans. And they do want interaction. Yeah, that's quite interesting. I've I've certainly learned that quite often. Uh, you know, some of the some of the best moments, even for people in a in a you know you know a engaged maybe something it's a facilitation or you're talking about a topic is when they have a few moments to interact with each other, and mm-hmm. sometimes that's where their insights come, giving them that space and time to to do that. It doesn't have to all come from you, does it? You could just mm-hmm. set up the space, which I know you do very well. You've been leading a retreat over the last few days and just providing that that space for people and holding that space for them to have a conversation as well absolutely because i'm fully aware it's not about me it's about them and anything that that you and i can do and the the senior executive listen to this right now that you can do to create a space for people to connect connect with you connect with themselves connect with each other that you know that's one of the reasons why we're here is to connect and then once you get that connection, rapport builds faster. Trust builds very fast with that. And in the presence of trust and good rapport, anything is possible. Well, um, any, any thoughts around using your voice? When you, you talked there early on about, uh, about you know, getting more engaged and more animated with the way that you speak, because actually it's not mm-hmm. the words you say, it's how you, how you say it. Um, but anything we should do with our voice to make sure that it really you know, really works well for us and works well for the audience, actually. From a technical point of view and a self-care point of view, if you've got an important presentation coming up or a talk or a speech, whatever it, whatever it is, I would not drink any tea or coffee or anything like that on that day. And even, even for me, the day before, because it's a diuretic and it makes you go to the toilet and it dehydrates your body. And if you're vocal, you, you potentially might be nervous. So there's going to be physical changes in your body as well. So you want to just drink water, drink as much water as you can to keep your, your body and your vocal cords lubricated. And most people say, ah, yeah, but it's, it's really true. The more coffee and tea you drink, <laughs> and you don't yeah. want to go drinking the night before, you want to yeah. keep your body as hydrated as possible. And that will enable you, even if you've got nerves coming in, 
to, to make sure your vocal cords are lubricated. That that's that's absolutely. I mean, that is critical. Now, from a performance point of view, the more you emotionally connect and feel what you're saying, the more your voice will potentially sound like a symphony. The, the undulation, the different tones. It's when people don't connect emotionally. They don't feel what they're saying that their voice feels, well, there's nothing and the tone is the same. And my goodness me, we all want to go to bed. Uh, yeah. Feels like bedtime, Steve. <laughs> That's what happens. It, it, there's even a pause there. You don't. You don't even want to talk because you want to go to sleep. And it's that. that it's, it's when you feel the the content that you're speaking when you allow yourself to honor the words that's when the magic comes alive that's when your audience's faces will come alive but if you don't connect emotion you don't feel what you're saying there's a there's this numbness there's this sea of nothingness and it's really awful to be part of an experience steve i just want to give you a minute to because we've only got a few minutes left now just to maybe share you know what what might people experience if they engage on a speaking program with you Cool. Well, typically, I work with execs over a longer period of time for a couple of reasons. One, because because of time and, and scheduling. The main reason is because a lot of the things that I uncover with a senior executive, they have never even considered before. So it, it's a new way of living, of being, behaving, and they need to need to have time to implement. One with the mindset, it could be emotional connection and actually honoring the words. Then they've got to go away and be able to implement that in their, their daily life and their role, but also because it takes more time to form a habit, a new habit. Right. So th you need time to be able to go back and it gets a bit clunky to start with. Then you need to review. You need to add on and put the layers back on. It's about, you know, breaking all the stuff down that doesn't support them and then adding on. And I typically I've got a signature six months program that I work with a senior executive or a, a senior exec and their team. And I found that that over the last decade is a really is, is a, a good amount of time for significant change to happen. So six, six months is, is seems to be kind of the amount of time that really works for me with the process that I deliver and my clients. And, and I like that because I also get to know them at a deeper level as well. There's, there's a deeper connection and the, the change that happens, not, not just with them, but that, that they impact within their organization is much, much greater than doing, doing a one-off you know, training with them. Because you know, new habits, they, they won't form and they'll just slip back into the old patterns that, that don't support them and their, their team and their audience. Excellent. Steve, Steve. So th thank you. Do you have any final messages that you'd like to leave us with? If the only thing that you take away from this, no, not if the only thing, take away this. <laughs> Feel what you're saying. Taste every word. Give yourself full permission to start to feel your message once again. No matter what it is, even if it's dry and you're talking about facts and figures, up the, the level of internal and, and feel what you're saying. Honor your words because your audience, your team, your company, your clients, and whatever, they will thank you for it. They will love you. They will appreciate because you would, it shows you care about them. And once you do that, the level of rapport and trust and connection in, in that presence, anything is possible. So feel what you're saying and honour your words. Steve, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. Thank you very much. Hope you've enjoyed being on the show. I've loved it, mate. Thank you so much for the opportunity. You're very welcome. If you want to find out more about Steve Trister, go to stevetrister.com. That's Steve, T-R-I-S-T-E-R.com. 
Um, you can also uh, connect with Steve on LinkedIn. That's linkedin.com slash IN slash Steve Trister. So do connect with him on LinkedIn. Uh, on next week's show, uh, we have a, a good friend of mine, a guy called Jeremy Bowley, who's uh, created a great procurement business. Uh, Jeremy used to work with me uh, many years ago when I was uh, involved with uh, procurement and set up my, my first uh, business. Um, he's going to talk with us about disruptive procurement. Um, so for anybody out there who's interested in in procurement, and, and, which is very important, sales is important. We increase uh, sales uh, to uh, increase revenue, but also we have to manage our costs. Uh, we're going to have a, a, a really fascinating interview on that next week. So once again, thank you very much for listening to the show today. If you've got any thoughts or comments, you can send them through to me at chris at chriscooper.co.uk. You can also get in touch with Steve Trister uh, via LinkedIn. And... Um, Yeah, I uh, hope you enjoy the show and I hope you have a, a great week. We thank you for listening to the Business Elevation Show. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more.